This episode is brought to you by the YouTube channel Comic Pop. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to youtube.com slash comic pop for even more deep dives into your favorite comics. Hello everybody and welcome to Off the Rack, I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. We're uh, in a different location today, you may notice, uh, and that's actually very important to address at the top of the show, uh, because uh, we're snowed in. Yes. And uh, we can't get to the studio right now. No. Nope. So we're actually on location at Tiffany's <laughs> set from the Twitch stream. Ooh. Yeah. So if you, uh, if you like gaming, if you like Twitch streams, go over to twitch.tv slash TV on Tuesdays and Sundays and watch this young lady play video games. Aww. It's a lot of fun. Thank but, you. Uh, yeah. So, um, oh, it's named C now. Ooh. Sorry about that. That was my fault. There. That was totally my fault. Mm-hmm. Click there. Oh. Anywhere. All right, so uh, yeah, we've got a we got a number of books to get into. Obviously, if you're not familiar with the show, we review, recap comics that came out this past week, and then let you know what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations of books that come out this week we think you should pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a lot of books that are coming out this week that we think you should pick up, but we're still going to talk about those books. Yeah, um, end of the year is always weird. It's always a crapshoot. It is. It is quite a crapshoot. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, like you never know how many books are actually going to you know, have coming out simply because of the fact that it's like sometimes they're just gearing up and like they're just kind of stalling until the next year rolls in. So yeah. we're coming to that point in time. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So, uh, yeah, um, I didn't have a lot of books this week, um, but I did yeah. uh, read a couple of books that I said, eh, I wasn't really, really keen on, wasn't really huge on. Right. Um, and so we're going to talk about them. Sure. So let's jump into it. That sounds um, good. First thing I want to talk about is X-Force, because I read the second issue, third issue? I think it's the second one. Yeah, second issue of yeah. X-Force. Um, and in the wake of X-Force number one, uh, I found that, uh, you know, when I when I looked it up, because, okay, so X-Force number one, obviously it's like the more hard-edged black ops, so the one of the few that isn't written by Hickman in any way. Yeah, and you said you were like you're you were good. You didn't. I was good. I didn't need any more. Mostly yeah. because I found it was like kind of complicating the narrative because mm-hmm. it was not written by Hickman and it was doing things that Hickman clearly didn't either approve of or know about. Right. And uh, it was contradicting things that were happening. And so it was the question was like when did it happen? Mm-hmm. Like wh- you know maybe this happens later in the in the time frame. It, it didn't. Okay. Uh, it was literally just that. He kind of had free reign, so Hickman just kind of said, yeah, just do whatever you want. And um, it's obvious that's the case, but it also has effects throughout the whole book. It has a big effect. Yeah, Xavier was assassinated by a rogue squadron, if you will, of uh, black ops <laughs> folks, uh, pro-human, anti-mutant people who have been used. Uh, you know, Domino infiltrated them. They kept her under ice, ripped her skin off, put them on piece, these people, and sent them out to kill the X Men. Right. And um, so they were lucky. Right, 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 and right. So they got a lucky shot off. They killed Xavier, and everyone is like, "What are we gonna do about Xavier?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Weren't there? Wasn't there a whole thing about redundancies and and not worrying about that? Wouldn't Hick? Wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't Xavier be like not worried about that like right. the fact that Hickman or that uh, Xavier was so cavalier yeah made me think like oh it's because he knows he can't die so wouldn't it be kind of stupid to kill him like within the first issue of the latest book yeah you know because like number one who cares number two you've killed death number three you kind of like you just brought Xavier back mm-hmm. from death like not too long ago anyway 
and now you're gonna kill him again it just felt like oh my god like we just got this breath of fresh air from this recent thing anyway uh x-force number two is wolverine's mad he was mad in the first issue and now he's really mad now he's really mad he wasn't mad in any of the other books particularly the ones written by hickman but let's forget that for a while and uh, so he's going to go hunting and go, go go get the guys that got him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes off the reservation. Uh, he doesn't ask the Quiet Council about it. He just goes. And nobody cares. And, and, and nobody has any problem with it. Mm-hmm. He teams up with Quentin Quire, who's a jerk and doesn't like him. Because that was their relationship that the writer remembered before Hawks and Pox. And uh, so the two of them infiltrate the, 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 the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they torture and mutilate people. And uh, they find out that, like, um, they're grown. Like, the assassins, they're, like, clone things. They're, like, hodgepodges. They're not, like, people. Uh, and, uh... I'm sure they would disagree with that. Right, well, they're not, though. <laughs> they're, like, made of... They're, like, they're like Frankensteins. Okay. And uh, Inquire finds Domino. Oh. That was the last page reveal. Like, oh, my God! Okay. She's the thing that everyone thought. Mm-hmm. Um, the book... If it were the only X-Men book, mm-hmm. it would be kind of fun. Because it reads very much like uh, in Marvel Universe kind of X-Men story. Uh, the art is fine. The mm-hmm. story is, you know, engaging. Right. Like, superficially speaking, like, you know, Xavier's been assassinated and Wolverine and the is going to go on a rampage to find out what's going on. Meanwhile, Magneto and Jean Grey are trying to figure out if and when they can bring Xavier back. And it's like, what do you mean if? And, uh... It, what it what occurred to me recently upon thinking about this book, I was like, you know, Moira isn't involved in any of this because they don't know about Moira. Right. So obviously, this must be part of Moira's thing. Right. She right. must know that there's a there's a there's a blip in the history where Xavier gets assassinated and then he's fine. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that that's also not really a problem, except for the fact that this writer just gets to do whatever they want, and Hickman has to pick up the pieces afterwards. Unless it is part of Hickman's plan. Like, right. Maybe, like, the point is, like, you can do what you want as long as by the end of it you're here. Right. And if as that's the case... As long as you're here and it makes sense, yeah. go for it. And if that's the case, like, more power to you, I guess. But, like, all the other books are kind of in lockstep with whatever this mission statement is. And this one, you can tell because of how different it is from everything else. Yeah. It's not... It's it's just not part of the narrative. Mm. Like there are other books that are more important to this than X Force, and X Force should probably be the most important com- next to X Men. Right, right, right. X Men, X Force, and the rest. Mm-hmm. Fallen Angels way down there, <laughs> but no, uh, it's way not. Way down. It just felt like meh. Okay. And uh, so I, I gave another shot, and I was like, let's t- let's see how it goes. And it really is going another direction. You know, I liked it better than Fallen Angels. Yeah. But the fact that it's clearly just doing its own thing in a time when we really can't afford to do that because right before Hickman took over, they were doing their own thing and people were like, either they liked it or they didn't like it. Right. But they were just happy that the X-Men felt like they mattered. Yeah, yeah. And then it didn't matter because Hickman just threw it away. It's weird because (coughs) the events that happened in that in the first issue seem so so important yes well, and, that's the thing is that you were like oh my god right and so like i don't know if it's maybe this series won't end up being important but that like potentially none of the series will end up being the most important and maybe what it is is that like well, they they're all mini series anyway right but perhaps they make a quilt of like of importance essentially it's like without one of them mm-hmm. there's a hole in I've, it there's no question in my mind that like there are moments in this that will be used in hickman's grand opus right 
It could be that they're like, we're going to kill Xavier. Mm-hmm. So the X-Men are defenseless against Apocalypse. Right, 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 Because right. Moira's like, no, it needs to be that you don't have Xavier with you. Like, right. I tricked Xavier into thinking that, like, he can't die and that no one else, like, you know, th- that they all needed him. Yeah. But it turns out that's the, their greatest strength is having no Xavier. Uh, or it could be something that, um... Or only Magneto could beat Apocalypse. Right, or I was going to say, or maybe Apocalypse doesn't, isn't as knowledgeable about the plan overall as we think he may or may not be. Um, And that, like, perhaps what it is is that, like, Apocalypse needs to take certain steps, but then Xavier will stop him. Right. And so, like, Apocalypse needs to believe that he's off the board. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I I would imagine that maybe Xavier's already back, and he's just sitting in Moira's secret room. And Mm. the two of them are just planning the next thing. And, like, they're sowing the seeds in their minds using Xavier's powers of, like, can we bring them back? I know we all thought you could bring them back, but can we? Really? And it's, like, he's sowing the seeds of doubt so they don't bring him back because he's got work to do. Right. That would be really cool. That's more credit than I think this book deserves. Again, I think the question does come into um, how would he get the memories? Because, Mm -hmm. like, Xavier's the one that then gives them their memories back using Cerebro and so it's like so you're only going to get the backed up memories and not like real time memories but who's going to put them in right it would have to be someone like Jean and she's not up to the task she may not be up to the task and also um, presumably we saw that uh, Cerebro was kind of Ruined, right? But in this issue, they actually found that there are multiple cerebros, which makes sense. Uh, they go get one, and it's like it, it's it's plugged into Krakoa. Uh, yeah. You know, let's let's make this island more empowered. Right. That's what we need to do. Yeah. This uh, crazy sex-driven island. I know. Like literally sex-driven. Literally. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, uh, this is my last X Force book. Really? That's a big pass for me. All I, right. I can't. I can't expect because like Wolverine right like I know that we always go back to Wolverine but he is the most popular X-Man and it's like certainly for me I'm like he's happy you know in in Hickman's like you know interpretation I would like to see why and where that goes but if we're just gonna get a hand wavy no 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 no, he's not no he's back to be Wolverine Mm. in this and there's no progression of these characters maybe he's a different Wolverine that would be really maybe stupid. there are like maybe like yeah, maybe multiples. Xavier already broke the code and that would be really annoying multiples. because like if that's the case do that then make that the story right. don't make that explanations for why there are plot holes in your grand opus yeah that's Meh. fair but pass. Okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, I wanted to take this opportunity just to also mention that this show is sponsored. So uh, out there uh, in the people who are watching the show live, this episode is brought to you by you out there who are watching the show live. If you use the Super Chats, you can answer. You can ask a question or make a comment on this show in real time. We will answer it, and uh, those proceeds go directly into the engine of Comic Pop, keeping all the lights on or, or, or allowing us to be able to do this here uh, when we can't get to the studio, but that studio is there and it's still there waiting for us when yeah. we get back there tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, thank you very much for thank our you. sponsors out there. And, uh, we're going to thank, uh, Masaj Madej, uh, who says, cheers. Thank you very so much. much. I'm sorry that I uh, may have mispronounced your name. I'm sure I did, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I thank you very much for your help. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. Um, from there, there's more, uh, what else we got? Um, okay. Let's, Let's, uh, I don't even know where to start here. Um, I think I know where I'm going to start. Hang on. Hang on. I can do this. Yeah. Oh, oh, transitions. Whoa. I've, I've done it. Just check it out. Um, so Justice League Dark number 17 came out. The Witching War part four, uh, by James Tynan. The fourth, uh, with, uh, art by Javi Fernandez. Sure. 
I don't know. I'm yeah. so sorry if I if I uh, wrecked wrecked that. Um, overall, we know that um, last time we left Wonder Woman, she went and visited the moon. Well, they got the <laughs> like the not real moon, but like the like witching plane thing of okay. the moon where witch fire is post. Uh. Post the uh, big battle yes. with Hecate, um, but uh, Cersei has returned in Wonder Woman's body, oh. and so like basically, thanks to the year of the villain, the heroes are being taken down from the inside out. Essentially, right. like Swamp Thing was um, on the hunt to find out what was going on. He ran into the Floronic Man, which then uh, he gave him the rot, and so like Swamp Thing yes. is like a pile of mush. Yeah. So like oh, no. oh and, then, and then don't forget that um, Man Bat was. Um, convinced or he was uh you know enthralled to um believe that he should prove to everybody that he's uh better uh, or he's he's better than he really is right, right? so right, he's right. like oh check it out i use this mutation thing and i've got like 12 mouths mm-hmm. so they're dealing with that oh as that well. sounds like a good plan yeah so like literally everybody's like they're not having a good time um so Basically, uh, this opens up with like the what's all what's Cersei all about? Let's yeah. get a little uh, like history on her. We learn about how like she was like one of the most beautiful women in the world, said to be like the daughter of the sun, kind of thing. And mm. so she was betrothed to some like king, this sort of prince, sure, essentially. And so he married her, and then like turned out to be like a, he was a beast. And so, like, she killed him. Oh. And then, like... like a literal one, or...? No, okay. no, like, he just, like he you know... Like, was just a jerk. Yeah. yeah. And guy. so, like, she killed him, and then his family and his people, like, retaliated against her, yep. calling her a witch, and she made a run for it. Um, and by run for it, I mean she got in her boat and she left. Yeah. And um, she heads off, essentially... Um, by the way, this art is really spectacular. <laughs> I just want to point that out. Sure. Like, she's, like, this hauntingly beautiful woman who's yeah. also, like, terrifyingly right. portrayed. But um, she is on the seas for days and days and days and has no food, no water. And the only thing that keeps her going is her desire for, for vengeance. Revenge, yeah. um, and so, like, what she'll do is she'll chant the names of those who have wronged her as, as though <laughs> it were a spell. And she does it over and over and over again until, like, an island comes before her and Hecate is there. And she's like, Hecate's like, hey, you called for me. And she's like, I guess I, I did. guess. I mean, like, I know who Your you hate are. Your for me. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, cool. She's like, what will you give me for this power? And she's like, Cersei says something really badass. She's like, I've got nothing to give up my spite uh, that lives inside of me, and I will not give that away. Yeah. And she's just like, I deserve this power. Just give it to me. And Hecate's like, <laughs> right, right on. on. That's cool. Yeah. No, that's cool. Let's. I, I will. I will absolutely do that. So she gives her um, the power, and um, essentially she goes back, turns everybody into animals, as Cersei is known to do. Yes. And um, gets her vengeance. And sure. so then we cut back. We're like, hey, you got a little taste of what Cersei's all about, right? Okay. She's, now she's vengeful. Right. Don't don't wrong her. Essentially. <laughs> Um, Wonder Woman, who is possessed by Cersei, takes the Eclipso Diamond and leaves um, with Doctor Fate and Zatanna to go back up and find like what happened post Man Bat freaking out. Yeah, and um, Constantine is there, Bobo is there, uh, Khalid is there, the other Doctor Fate, and they're like, Constantine's like, hey, yeah, no, he's totally under magical influence there, so let's just keep, you know, Kirk out for right, right now whilst we deal with some some stuff. Um, meanwhile, Bobo updates everybody on what happened with, um, Swamp Thing, and he's got, like, this little pile of green yeah, in his Yeah, and that's all Swamp Thing yeah, is now. Yeah, it's just like, ta-da! And, like, meanwhile, um, Wonder Woman is, like, enraptured or enthralled by this diamond. By diamond, yeah. Because, like, she is Cersei, and so, like, she still, like, craves more power. Sure. And Eclipso has quite a bit of power. Yes. 
And so, like, she, Bobo's like, you know, like, hey, so he's, like, not much left of him, all that. And, like, Diana's like, oh, yeah, no, that's cool. Sorry we lost such a powerhouse. Is Jason Blood available mm-hmm. or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Am I boring you here, Wonder Woman? Right, and Bobo's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's cool. I'll I'll, I'll go off find out about that." Uh, Zatanna, can I can I talk to you like over here, like right. in the corner or yeah. something? Like maybe we could talk about like phone numbers and stuff like that. By the way, she's totally messed up. Right, like immediately calls. I need you to find Wonder Woman right now. <laughs> yeah, like I need you to take care of this. Like you got to stop her from doing whatever it is that she thinks she's going to do because that's not Wonder Woman. I can tell right. you that right now. Sure, like that's not her. So, um, he's like, we got the lasso around here, we'll figure the whole thing out. Zatanna tries to do that. She totally, like, is like, all right, fine. Like, at first she's like, mm, I don't know, Bobo, you kind of been messing up lately. And then, like, right. he's like, I'm not kidding around with yeah. this one. It's still so on the team. So she attempts to do it immediately. Um, Diana reveals that she's Cersei by being like, oh, your spells are so cute. I used to love how your dad would say them, that kind of thing, whatever. Mm. And then she makes uh, Zatanna's mouth go away. Oh, because no. that's, like, a classic way to kind of alleviate Zatanna's powers essentially sure um then she turns Bobo into a chimp she removes his gift of knowledge and language and um she's like okay cool here we go I'm gonna basically like take everybody down and like um Dr. Fate's there and he's like nah but like you really can't like you know contest with me Khalid and and Constantine here like there's we're all like here and she's like yeah but I'm not alone oh no I brought my I brought my party with me my posse yeah so to speak nobody says that anymore but you know she she does that anyway essentially (laughs) um for some reason everybody attacks those who don't have powers necessarily Mm -hmm. and not everybody but like in particular the Floronic man's like haha I'll take out yeah I'm like he's a chimp man like, yeah, they're pretty dangerous and formidable creatures, uh, but uh, yeah, but you know, you're, if you're a little OP. You're a, you're like a walking tree man with flowers. I you, I think you're gonna be okay. Yeah. Uh, Constantine and Papa Midnight, of course, have like a moment for themselves, of course. Cool. And then we see Zatanna Whoa. do something pretty badass, and it is graphic, so I'm not gonna make it super large here. Um, but she grabs like a knife and she cuts where her mouth should be so that she can use <laughs> magic, and she calls away the Eclipso Stone back to where it was. Nice. So if they want to go in there again, they have to get through all the traps and all the whatever okay. to get down down to get it and then she has everybody flee to the um the underground essentially right. she's like like we gotta we gotta retreat we mm-hmm. have to get out of here and so basically the entire justice league dark team falls back diana's stuck on the moon yes she's hanging out there with witch fire and she's like i need to get back and she's like listen like yeah there's no way to do that like he mm-hmm. couldn't do that when hecate was was here why do you think he can do it now yeah and like which first like at least it can't get any worse oh, like it can't why would you say that right like never say that no matter what situation you're in you can't and then of course the upside down upside down man appears and says like it can always get worse yeah it's indicated that the next chapter will be a deal with the devil oh cool and i'm like of course of course like you know, the question is, like, who's better, the devil you know or the devil you don't? And, yeah. like, we're about going to find out about this, which is funny, because how they got rid of Hecate was to make a deal with Cersei. Right. Which got them into this mess in the first place yeah. by, like, basically giving her to the Upside Down Man. Yeah. And um, now they're seemingly going to make a deal with the Upside Down Man to deal with Cersei. And cool. I'm like, and who are you going to make a deal with to deal with this? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to know how to beat that first. But, ah, then never mind. That yeah, sounds cool. That's, that's fun. It is a cool book. Um, I do like that the team is, like, seemingly making some of the same mistakes that they've made in the past because, like, they really haven't learned anything. No. Yet. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been that lesson yet. This would be the lesson yeah. time period. Um, but they do have to deal with it. So right. how are you going to function with this? And who knows what will happen post-Year of the Villain. That's cool. So, there you go. Yeah. It's still a recommend for me. I love Tynan's work on this. So, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Price8040 in the Super Chats just said, Don't know if you've read Pun Pun 2099, but it was alright. Had some actual cyberpunk ideas and a Yggdrasil tree made of people. It's pretty cool. cool. Uh, by the way, 2099, big epic maybe thing from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just launched Punisher 2099. I know 2099 Alpha came out. Um, I, I'm I'm good as far as 2099 is go, goes. I'm glad that 2099 at least addressed the uh, cyberpunk aspect. Right. Because if anyone's going to, it's going to be Spider-Man. But if anyone else is going to, <laughs> it's going to be Ghost Rider. But if anybody else is going to, it should probably be Ravage. But if anybody else is going to, then I guess maybe Hulk. But after that, possibly Punisher. Right. So I'm glad that at least one of those is doing right. it. Right. And honestly, I did read a 2099 book, and we'll talk about it later. All right. Cool, um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about New Mutants number three, two. I don't remember what issue. Two. two. Uh, New Mutants number two was, uh, of course, excellent, (laughs) as usual. But when I say excellent, I mean, like, it does what it... It doesn't pull the rug out from under you or trick you into thinking it's one thing or another. It's just the same, only more. I know a lot of people were really excited that... um, the space lawyer from the old run was going to be here. Uh-huh. He's only in it for like a, for a second or two. He's terrible and he fails. Um, of course, Shocking. I know. New Mutants number two written by uh, Jonathan Hickman with art by, uh, oh God. I don't I, remember. But I didn't great. get to that page, but uh, you, you know. Yeah, it's great. Uh, basically what happens is. I always want to say Ivan Rice, but it's not. Yeah, but it's not. not. It's no. It's not that at all, but like it's hard to have that last name. Rod Rice. Rod Rice, thank you. Uh, he literally sounds like a comic book character. I know, Rod Rice. By the way, Rod mm-hmm. Rice. Uh, Reese? Same, Rod Reese, same exact quality art as the previous issue. No skips, no slips, no, no nothing. That's great. Uh, the New Mutants are convicted of crimes against the Shi'ar Empire. They're uh, sentenced uh, and by the Shi'ar space by the, wizard, by the Shi'ar space wizard, um, you know, judge or whatever, uh, <laughs> they are of course remanded into the custody of uh, the Imperial Guard, who of course in charge is Smasher, who is married to Cannonball Hickman creation Smasher. Of course, she's going to show up, sure. uh, but Cannonball's here. I thought we were going to be like, okay, so they're going to have to break out of the prison, and then the next issue will be them still going because like then they'll be on the run from the Shi'ar Empire, but they're going to go to go because the whole point is that. New Mutants is about the original team being like, this is great, we're in paradise, but where's Cannonball? We need to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And Sunspot being like, I'm single, rich, beautiful, and happy, and now I'm also here on Krakoa. There's no way that Sam is happy being married and in space. So right. they actually wind up circumventing an entire like series of books by just having Smasher and Cannonball go pick them up. Right. And Sam right, looks right. great, and then they're both happy, and they have a kid, and uh, Sam's like, what's going on, guys? Listen, like, we figured it out. You're going to be under our custody, and we're right. going to bring you to your, like, prison or whatever. Okay. The reality is, like, we're going to figure it. We're, we're going to pick, we're going to fix it for you. Okay. Uh, so they do. Um, and Sunspot's miserable and angry because Cannonball is thriving, being married and away from him. Right. As opposed to being miserable, mm-hmm. which is what he was hoping for. Um, Smasher then gives him a, like a sunspot a really hard time, uh, punches him in the face, uh, because she's like, you pulled me away from my kid. Yeah. You got yourselves arrested, and you're not greeting my husband, your best friend, with enough jubilance for my liking. Right, right, right. Uh, which I really appreciate. I, I, I find that kind of fun. It's very interesting. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're expecting, you know, from her perspective, she's like, my husband's feelings matter to me 
and you're being selfish. Right. Um, I love this panel. I know. Isn't it great? But it's just like, I mean, after that full color, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of monotone, monochromatic coloring there, and then just... No color, just yeah, red. just great. Yeah. Just so good. Um, ultimately, the whole thing is that uh, Smasher fixes their problem, uh, but... She's also been uh, charged by the uh, magistro- magistrix, magistor, uh, to be to, to go fix it. Right. Uh, to go fix this problem they have. Uh, to go, and so she's like, "Well, since you're technically under my care, uh, by the way, all the charges are dropped, all that stuff. But like, we need you on an adventure." Right. Right. So the New Mutants and Smasher and Cannonball are all teamed up to go deal with that. Meanwhile, Gladiator is telling the daughter of Xavier and Lalandra. Uh, listen, you gotta be in charge now, because mm-hmm. I gotta run the Imperial Guard. I don't have time for this. So she ascends to the role her mother occupied, uh, and that's kind of fun. Eh, like it's weird because it's like I really was with you on the like I thought this was going to be like a jailbreak, yeah. like comic, and then mm-hmm. like it's like nope, that's nope, not where it's going. No, it will be like one adventure after the next, like out of the frying pan into the fire kind mm-hmm. of situation. But like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen her in a while. So not since uh, the the, the yeah. Kelly Thompson. Book. Since she was an egg. Right, not since she was an egg. But uh, the fact that Hickman's writing it, the fact that she's here, the fact that she's going to be in charge of the Shi'ar Empire. Yeah. That's well, the big thing. Well, first they have to get past. Well, no, uh, she has to be trained to be like a total badass and a and a big bitch. Yeah. So who well who better than Deathbird? <laughs> who you may remember from a trading card. I think she was also in the uh, She was in the Rogan Gambit book, which is like, what? (laughs) But yeah, so Deathbird's in the book, too. But uh, yeah, clearly this is going to be like, this is Hickman stealth sowing seeds while also being like, here's a a wacky fun space adventure story, but I'm doing something. Right, right, right. Which is what I expected from all the books, which is why all the books are not wowing me okay but some of them are like this one a few of them are because this one's doing a good job of being like hey here's a thing here's a thing but also it's part of this other thing that's all i asked that's all that was promised from hawks and pox yes (sighs) also (laughs) x-force and fallen angels anyway i loved new mutants i still enjoyed it um, and I'm, I'm excited for the new dynamic. You know, the team is kind of like falling in line. They're kind mm-hmm. of like not really doing much. And with the introduction of, uh, of Smasher and them cutting to the chase and being done with their mission. Mm-hmm. The fact is Sam's not going to want to go back to Krakoa. No. He's like, I'm happy. I yeah, have a kid. What, what, my, what does it matter? My wife and child are not mutants. Why would I want to do that? Exactly. And that's going to be great. Cause that's like, that's exactly what I want. I mm-hmm. want challenge to Krakoa because all the mutants are like right I mean it's all it's I've had a hard enough time I deserve paradise forever and to not be able to die right. yeah let's do this and other people being like um you're gonna miss beer yeah or you're gonna miss your friends or the fact that you're actually not really a separate race <laughs> yeah shut up <laughs> but uh I, but I, I dug it and uh, and you might well so check it out nice awesome um, any others? No. Okay. So, um, you read... I read, like, so many books, so I know, I'm going to kind of rapid fire through sure, a few of them, because some of them are, are more independent, and so I know that we don't have to go too deep into those. Um, but I will say that I did read um, John Constantine, Hellblazer by Simon Spurrier, with art by Aaron Campbell. Yes. Which um, is just a really great, gritty look to it. Um, 
This book is graphic. I will warn you about that. Okay. This is not for younger readers. I'm no, just going to say it out loud because it is a Vertigo book <laughs> dressed in a black label. Is it a black label book too? Yeah. I thought it was just a Sandman Universe book, but... Ah. Oh no, you're right. It is a... It is a... No, it is. It's a Sandman Universe black label book. Oh my god. Yeah, it has two different monikers. It's a DC black label Sandman Universe, ages 17 plus, John Constantine Hellblazer. What the crap? You know, when DC inevitably brings back Vertigo, mm -hmm. they're going to have a hell of a time figuring out what was and what wasn't. Uh-huh. Because, like, when they inevitably drop the Black Label line entirely, yeah. Yeah. they're not going to drop all the books. I'm just saying, like, when DC eventually gets a new head and they go, like, okay, so Young Animal, mm -hmm. Wonder Comics, Black Label, Sandman Universe... This is all bullshit. We're going to have to align this and get back to our roots. And when they do, they're going to have a hell of a time aligning all these damn books under one label. I know. Or not. No, I agree. But anyway, I'm glad to hear that, that Constantine is, is doing its own thing. It is. It is. It, and it really is. It is an exceptional book. And it really, again, feels like Vertigo. Much like I said, Dollhouse yeah. had that Vertigo feel. Yeah. And again, because... Hillhouse books. Yes. But because like... Well, it's Dollhouse in particular, that book, because Mike Carrier was working on it, who yeah. wrote Lucifer. Again, that real Vertigo feel. And honestly, Hellblazer should have that feel. Yeah. And like, we are definitely getting back to that gritty um, nature that he should have in Good. a book. Okay. Um, which I feel like we haven't really seen necessarily in a while. No. We're getting beautiful pages like this. Yeah. Um, where we see like these angels, okay, um, which to me had an almost Evangelion sort of look to them, where like uh, there's these horrible, beautiful creatures. They're supposed to be angels, but they're also like the, like images of horror. Yeah, exactly. Um, don't forget Constantine came back from the past as well, and we will be dealing with that at some point. But right now, Constantine's kind of just acclimating himself to where he is. Okay. Um, and so like there's like crazy stuff going on, but like naturally, um. John's at a pub getting himself thrown out because mm -hmm. of the fact that he told a bad joke. Okay. Um, we're introduced to a character named uh, Nat, who is a bouncer for the club, essentially. Okay. Um, she hilariously <laughs> calls this individual Frodo and tells him to, you know, go back to the Shire. Um, <laughs> really, like, liked the lived-in feel of this world in general. Um she basically reminds him that he's in 2019 and things are different. From yeah, when. that's really cool because it's like the 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 Constantine you remember that everyone's trying to get back to is Constantine, a product of like the late 80s. Exactly, exactly. And so like he's in a world where like people use vape pens and like all this stuff, and she's using one meanwhile he's smoking. Like, yeah, she's like, you've been gone for a while. You've been like overseas or something because mm -hmm. and he's like, how could you tell? And like. She knocks all the reasons why, like, you know, it's incorrect that, like, you know, like, it's 2019, you're smoking a cigarette, you picked um, an artisanal microbrewery full of hipsters to tell your off-color comedy. Right. Like, he, just all these things, he just doesn't understand how the world works around him necessarily. Sure. Um, so, like, that said, like, she is a, a fun-loving, not fun-loving, but, like, a an easier-going individual who's, like, there's something about him, like, that's kind of cool. Okay. Um, gentleman shows up. Um, by the name of Barry the Traffic, and uh, he's got... This, Boils or something? Yeah, yeah, it's real bad. He's a pox, essentially. Oh. And like John said, it was going to get better. Don't worry, it's going to get better. I, I fixed it for you. No. And not really. Um, he ends up attacking John. Nat steps in, takes him down. The cops are going to show up. She's like, he's like, I, no cops, no cops. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, you better get going. You better not stick around here. Yeah. Um, so... John goes about, like, his day. He gets attacked by a couple of hoods who are part of a drug ring, essentially. Okay. Like, there's a guy who we saw at the beginning who is selling drugs. Okay. 
And um, he's also a very specific word that I can't remember what it was, but is a real thing. Like a real <laughs> thing in like mythology and lore. And if I can find it, I will tell you what it is. Uh, I can't. Um, oh, he's a, a horror specs. Oh. He uses entrails to see what's going on. Does he eat them? Or no. does he just like throw them on the floor? He throws them on the floor and then like bones? and then like reads them. Yeah. And then like can see He's... images with I've them. heard of that. Yeah. Re- like recently I heard really? of that. Yeah. That's weird. That's really weird. <laughs> Why did I hear that recently? Yeah, what is going on with that? Anyway. Anyway, um Basically, every time something goes down in this one park, these angels show up and, like, mess stuff up. And okay. he's like, I need to bring in the big guns here. So he's like, we got to bring in, like, someone like Constantine. They bring him in, and uh, basically he forces him to do his dirty work for him. We're introduced to um, a-, a kid who is part of this gang or would like to be a part of this gang, mm. um, but he's mute. And so, like, the guy who's in charge of everything who speaks in a really bizarre way. And mm-hmm. so, like, let's be honest, guys. I'm not British at all. <laughs> yeah. And Spurrier writes with the uh, vernacular. Okay. And so there are things that are going over my head, but you kind of get the feel for what's going on. Sure. Certainly you could look up some stuff, I'm sure, but some of it I'm just like, I kind of think I know what you're talking about there, but I'm just going to keep going because I don't want to break up the flow Yeah. sometimes. Um, so anyway, um, one kid he sends off to do an initiation to go kill some gang members, and the other kid who's mute, he's like, oh, I don't want him part of my gang. Anyway, he threatens to kill him. Um, instead, if John doesn't help, John tries to pretend like, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter, I don't care, I don't care, whatever. But in the end of the day, he totally does it. Um, the kid drives him to the park where, um, they find like a homeless guy who for a moment looks... Suspiciously looks like Alan Moore. Well, yes, he definitely looks like that, but he also looks like, um, I think, uh, the green or whatever from, um... The, uh, from Sandman. Oh. For a second. It's not him at all. But oh. yes, he also looks like Alan Moore. Um, but he's uh, he's actually, he's, he's an old man. He's a racist. It's, it's not good. Oh. Um, like, John's like talking to him. He's like, oh, we gotta talk to the locals. You gotta find out what's what's going on, what's in the park. And the right. guy immediately reveals that he's like kind of crazy and also racist. Sure. John's like, this is not helping my, my cause and my situation here yeah. with this kid. Um, so anyway, some uh, like guy who's like hooked on crack which is what they sell mm-hmm. is like wandering around like asking to get more from the the reboys okay who is the gang right uh he recently like basically he killed a woman he like punched her really hard mm. and he's like oh I, I think i punched her too hard but anyway I need, I need more crack i need more like of it instead the angels show up but like they don't do their normal thing which is to like kill the person and then skin them okay that's their usual and then MO. make them like kind of melt away into nothingness instead they inject him with like what looks like fleas oh and um then like little tiny demons burst out of his skin like killing him and it's real messed up okay. like it's not good no um again I'm not going to necessarily like show that here. Um, the the uh, guy in charge of everything is kind of watching all of this, and like being like something's different, and it could be because Constantine is there. Yeah. Um, the I think Philip, who is the mute kid, is with him, who like wants to kind of jump in and help, and Constantine's like, mm, this is not the time. The time now is to watch and see what they do. Yeah. Oh, and then we'll okay. like we'll figure out how to fix it. Yeah. Because John probably doesn't <laughs> have the answer now. Anyway, we um. Check in on a, a, a weird sex party because, like, apparently 2019 is the year of the weird sex party in comics. <laughs> and um, these these folk are underground and they're all wearing creepy animal masks. Oh, their eyes wide shutting it up. Yeah, except they're talking about, like, doing things that you should not be doing with, obviously, uh, uh, bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them is, in fact, the prime minister. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, 
It's pretty topical. Yeah, exactly. Pretty topical. And then we see a becapid man leaving, who kind of looks like old John Constantine, oh. but he's in shadow, and so we don't get it. We're all. not certain about <clears throat> that. Um, that said, this is feeling more and more like a Vertigo book, which yeah. I love honestly because we need that. Like, like you said though, like when they inevitably drop the black label of it, because right now this book is split between it's part of the Sandman universe and yeah. it is part of the black label universe, which isn't really a universe. It's just a label, but like, you know what it, I mean? Yeah. Like the same. Sandman- yeah. Well, cause like, what is that? Like, what is a black label versus a Sandman universe book? Right. And like, Sandman Universe, we have seen some more adult themes in there as well, um, but I don't know if they're not putting the black label on it so they can count it as mature. I think that's their way of doing it without putting, like, a rating on it. Right, but what is funny to me is that, like, there's been such editorial on, like, other black label books. This book has graphic words, graphic images, and, like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, but it and Batman on it, though. Right, and that's what's so funny about it is I'm like, I'm like, well, at least they're not fully pulling the teeth out of this book book right and i i guarantee you it's not for lack of trying i think it's just because they didn't notice it probably because like, they've cares? really displayed that they really just don't pay attention to things right. without it being like part of the bottom line constantine's not part of the plan no he's not but he will be having that young adult book yes and which, when that happens i'll bet they'd be like oh that's my concern too um because like this book is everything it should be um is spurrier pushing the envelope i'm sure he is i yeah. think i think he's pushing it a little harder than I bet he is because he's like, he's he's Johnny Depping it up, right? See, in Pirates of the Caribbean, you might have noticed that Jack Captain Jack Sparrow had like three golden teeth. Well, what happened was, uh, he put in he he put in uh, uh, I think twenty golden teeth or ten golden teeth or something like that mm-hmm. when he first showed up for set, and yeah. they were like, uh, how about like three? Right, right, right. And uh, or how about five? And he was like, okay, because all he wanted was three. But he knew if he asked for one, they would yep. have been like, no. Mm-hmm. So it's better to like ask for forgiveness than permission. In this case, he's like, I got to go hard. Yeah. So that when they tell me to dial it back, it'll be like, okay, well, I'll go back to where I probably wanted to write in the first place. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. So like, it's it's good. I just hope it's not neutered entirely. I'm no. Like, I'm like I'm like slightly concerned if he pushes too hard. They're gonna. It's gonna be a harder yeah. rebound. That said, between this and the dreaming, I prefer Spurrier's. Hellblazer oh, universe yeah. too. Well, Dreaming felt like more of an imitation than it felt like a real, exactly. authentic continuation. Right, and I think part of that, of course, is because it's like the bulk of what we know of Sandman, although there is a Dreaming series not written by Gaiman. Right. But the bulk of what we think of when we think of dealing with the characters that we've seen in the Dreaming are from Neil Gaiman, and so you're comparing it simply to one writer. Yeah. Constantine's been written by several writers, yes. and like a, a lot varying of, levels exactly. of Exactly. And so like he's just the next one in the line. Yeah. So I, I, it just feels better. No, so. that's fair. Uh, somebody in the chat asked about uh, the question. We talked about it last episode, but yes. I wanted to mention it because it is a black label book. Yep. Uh, the question could easily have not been a black label book. There's nothing about it that is in any way more or less offensive, and it doesn't warrant the black label title, except that it, I think it's like an oversized printing. Right. I bought it digitally, so I have no idea whether it's like big or not. But uh, the question was cool, but in no way representative of what the black label line is is able to achieve. Right, and I do wonder... That's so frustrating, because it's like, just put it out. It is, but I'm wondering if they're now... Because Black Label seems to be a catch-all, and so I'm wondering if it, if the question wouldn't have been something more of an Elseworlds well, sort I of think... thing. Or like they want to do an out-of-continuity thing, where it's like, this doesn't have to be in continuity. Well, I think it's... it's definitely that, but also I think because the question is technically still dead, I don't, I don't know what their situation is with them. Right. But it is also a very much a continuation of 
the original run. Like, the last run. Okay. And so it could be their way of being like, yeah, it's not in continuity, but it's also I wanted to do this. And the reality is it'll be in continuity if it sells well enough anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just saying they could have easily just put the question out. Yeah. And if anyone asked if it was continuity, just go, I don't know. It could also be a, a selling tactic, too. Like, maybe you're more likely to pick up a black label book because you have an idea of what you're going to get from yeah. it than you would be to just pick up a question Totally. Book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a number of super chats we want to get into. Uh, Louis Lombardi says, uh, wanted to send you guys some bucks for being part of turning me back into comics. Well, thank you very much, well, man. Welcome you. back. Uh, you've also turned me towards things I'd normally not read, like uh, <laughs> DC, Saga, Conan. Conan yeah, and right. Saga. I'm Fantastic. happy to hear that, man. Uh, go to Emerald City Comic Con <gasps> next year. Thanks for keeping it up. Great. Well, enjoy. It's a yeah, great show. It really is. Uh, see every inch of it and really go the multiple days. It's a really, really great show. Absolutely. Um, you're going to enjoy it. And Emerald City, man. I love being in Seattle. Yeah. Um, jump, uh, Jamie, yeah, Jamie Wild says, hey, did you guys read the Black <laughs> Label question book from last week? Love it. Was wondering your thoughts on it. Yeah, we reviewed it last week more in, more in depth, mm -hmm. but not too, too much. The art felt more um, like the art and the writing and the story felt like it was just the question, but end of days, like Daredevil end of days, but right. with the question in it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also very much like a continuation of the last run of, of question, Vic Sage's question. Mm. Um, it felt like a 90s book. It, f it felt very much like a 90s comic. Mm -hmm. Like like a lost, gritty, no one's paying attention, so let's just do what we can 90s book about mm -hmm. the question. So if you're looking for that, I, I'd say pick it up. As if Seattle helping us out, thank you very much. So excited. Hang on, I'll get to it. I did says, it. What's more infuriating, WB suits not knowing what to do with Superman or Disney suits not knowing what to do with Deadpool? Uh, the Superman one, because Superman, there's a, there's, there's a million templates mm -hmm. and... We don't know like what they're gonna do. Whereas with Deadpool, inevitably they'll just do it because, yeah. as I've always said, uh, Marvel will do it as long as it makes money, and Deadpool is just money on the table. Yeah, Disney will figure it out because they're because for some reason, even though they have more money than anything in the universe, mm -hmm. they'd love a little bit more. And so if it's, there's a little bit of money left on the table with Deadpool's name on it, and they technically own it, mm -hmm. they're gonna take the money. Yeah, and I think for me, it's more frustrating with Superman because he's supposed to be a tentpole character. Yeah. And so, like, if you can't figure out the pillars of what's supposed to be supporting... Your universe, or your or your, your publishing line, or your, your superhero world, mm -hmm. then what the hell are you doing? Exactly. And Deadpool being a fourth world-breaking character gives him more of an opportunity to, for them to mess it up a little bit. Yeah. And still fix it It's in easier to just, what do you do with Deadpool? You put him in the next movie. That's what you do. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. Nobody's asking. So, for me, it's more frustrating. Although, let's be honest, I loved, like, what Ryan Reynolds did with the character. Yeah. And so, like, if they screw that up, that naturally is going yeah, to be frustrating. Yeah, don't change the actor, but yeah. But, um... It's more frustrating for me with Superman and, and their, yeah. like, nervousness about the character. Did you see Neil Gaiman's tweet about it? No. Because uh, there was a big tweet about it uh, today, in fact. They were saying that, you know, basically DC, Warner Brothers, doesn't know how to make Superman relevant. And I'm like, what a dumb old argument. Uh, but Neil Gaiman said he doesn't have to be relevant, he has to be inspiring. <sighs> high five, Neil. Uh, like, internet high five. Yeah. <laughs> my, my pitch was just, take the book for the man who has everything. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Take the book, What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. Call Brad Bird. Keep Henry Cavill. Make that movie. There you go. That's all you need to do to make it relevant while also being exactly what Superman needs to be. Yes. Because all the people who love Zack Snyder and, like, and on a harder-edge Superman are going to love that scene where he, like, goes hard. And you know what? Like, it's going to work. Like, trust me. Um, anyway, so... 
It, it is frustrating. Thank you. Uh, Silver Cricket, have you given tell, tell Kelly John, Kelly Thompson's Deadpool a chance? I have. I, I talked about it last week. I read it. I loved it. It's like a book written for me. It has Deadpool. It has Kelly Thompson's writing. It has Chris Bocciolo's art. And Elsa Bloodstone was in it. Yeah. And they talk about monsters. And a baby shark. And baby shark. But, like, not the song. No. No. An actual adorable one. Right. Who I'm just like, where's that QMX figure? Because QMX would be the perfect line to make yeah, Jeff. I'm still waiting for the QMX like Gwenpool figure because there's a mm. there is this really really great Gwenpool figure. I think Heather Antos has it. Yeah. Um, and I've almost bought it, but it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. But like, I would like it. Uh, Louis Southern says, uh, or Louis Southern says, great show as always. Opinions on Grant Morrison making fun of modern day DC and Dark Stars. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, yes. If you're not familiar, the upcoming Dark Stars book, I think that's. Two issue two of three right of the Green Lantern book Dark Stars or Black Stars it's actually Black Stars the idea here being uh, it's an alternate reality where like reality's been changed using the wish machine mm-hmm. and the Green Lantern Corps has been replaced by Black Stars which yes. is like a made up thing um, in this story Hal Jordan uh, Black Star goes to Earth to like get him yeah and is it and and be, I, I guess the removal of of Green Lanterns in this universe Earth is basically the same. Only the Justice League Watchtower has, like, corporate logos on it and everything like that. Like, they've sold out. Which is, uh, uh, wow. And then you have this sequence in which, like, Hal Jordan's talking to Superman. And Superman says, this is the 21st century. We really have to start worrying about our mental health issues before we can actually solve any problems. And I was like, whoa! Shots fired at Tom King, Heroes in Crisis. Then it goes further and he says, we have to worry about, like, the... The Depresso-verse that we just discovered. And how yet another big, stupid, cosmic entity has to blah, blah, blah. And that's a huge shot at Scott Snyder's Justice League run. And it's I like, know. And I read recently about that, that um, Morrison said that he's using the Black Stars book to poke fun at himself and modern comics in general. I have yet to see him making fun of himself. I have only to see that Grant Morrison is taking shots at the things and the directions he thinks DC shouldn't be going Well, in. maybe he was trying to poke fun at himself in terms of... Um, you know how, like, he obviously has a lot of deep lore dives and stuff like that, and people, like, a lot of people respond to that, and a lot of people don't respond to yes. that. Like, so maybe in, just in terms of the way he was writing the book, he thought he was doing it up, up like... A send-up of himself. Right. Where he's like, look at, look, like, yeah, like, you're reading it, and you're reading it as though you're reading, like, Multiversity, but it's also him making fun of it, because everyone's right. talking on the nose. But there are some people who, you know, think, like, putting up Pink Flamingo's a joke on their lawn until suddenly they actually really like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole thing is um, Pink Flamingo's that people put on their lawns. Uh, I knew, like, you know, if you're... Uh, if you're a big fan of irony or being a hipster, like you'll put the pink flamingos on your lawn because you're like, lol, that's hilarious. But eventually you have a yard full of pink flamingos. You are that person you're making fun of. Yeah. Uh, I know, for example, as a kid, I remember as a, as a high schooler, I, I used to I used to hate the, the term dude and sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, people would be like, sweet. I'm like, dude, sweet. Yeah. Now I say it all the time. <laughs> and I said it all the time within about six months of making fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it could be that Morrison's trying to set himself up, but it turns out just being Grant Morrison. Yeah, like he's just, he's, he's like, just oh, writing. crap. Oh, oops, I'm only just looking mean-spirited and making fun of my colleagues. Exactly. Um, that being said, I'm sure that Morrison's like days at DC are numbered anyway, and his days doing these kinds of comics are kind of like wrapping up. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just like, you know, taking shots and then leaving. Like it could be he's just being really petty. Right, right. The fact that... The, the, the final crisis is what it is and the editors are the vampires that are destroying everything is like not the, that that element isn't lost on me in terms of 
Grant Morrison's not above being mean-spirited and just attacking his people who, like, pay his bills or who are colleagues of his. Right. So, yeah, I could see that being just him being, like, the dark multiverse, lame. Right. Is he... Is he Irish or British? Scottish. Scottish, okay. <laughs> Neither! I was like, I, I don't want to, like, because, like, nobody, like, they... Everybody wants to, obviously, be made sure that they know where they're from. I just yeah. literally could not remember what he sounded right? like. No. Garth Ennis is Irish. Thank Alan you. Alan Moore is British. Yeah. Alan and, Moore, I knew. That yeah. one I knew. It's that's like, why, I think that's why Alan Moore really doesn't like Grant Morrison. That's Not possible. because they, like, have a, have an intellectual problem. Right. It's because he's a Scot. Right. But, I mean, like, the more, I wonder if Morrison's, like, send-up of others and, like, his mean-spiritedness doesn't come from just, you know, cultural differences. Right. It's just, it like, no, be. it's just what it is. Man. Right. We, we, it we is. do this all the time. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, you're supposed to do it back at me, and I'll just get you back. Right. Nah. Except no one's making fun of him. <laughs> Except, Except us. You. And, like, he's not going to watch our channel and be like, oh, look at me. That'd be great, though. I would watch, I would, uh, yeah, no. Are you kidding me? I would watch uh, easily 30 minutes of him making fun of us. Yeah, like, doing, doing back issues, of and us. it's just him and, like, two of his friends. Yeah. It's I him, would. Neil Gaiman, and friggin' Mark Miller, and they're just like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I mean, it would hurt inside, but like, it would, yeah. I would totally watch it. I would, I would fair. applaud. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Uh, Eddie Eckenberg says, "Who's crazier, Morrison Miller or Moore?" Uh, Miller's not crazy. He's just, you know, he he just he just buys in the own his own hype. More Morrison takes drugs to find his like muse, and Moore dug a cave in his basement to do magic in it. So I'll let you decide which one's the craziest one. <laughs> Unless you're a magician or a wizard. Um, There's nothing wrong with wizards. I love, I, listen, I love all three of them and I'm glad. I'm glad of their own brand of crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, we're lucky to have his magic cave. Yep. But yeah, uh, anyway, uh, what else we got? Oh, um, I'm going to very briefly um, chat about a book. It's another black label. I just wanna... Oh, I remember pitching this to you. What do you think? Uh, you didn't pitch this to me. Yeah, you, I was like, you should you, check out The Last God. You mentioned God. to me, but I already had it on my list. Oh, fine. Uh-huh. Uh, do you the, like it? Is the that Last why God. This is chapter two of the book, um, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, uh, with art by Ricardo. Federici. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, this book is high fantasy. No, oh, no. Don't mistake it. I mean, like, I, all right, it's more fantasy than you're finding in most books okay. right now um, that are coming out of wow, DC. Wow, I thought you were reading a Rybik book. No, no. I really thought it was Rybik again. Right? Nope. No, it's actually, like, it's this artist actually does a really good job of, like, doing kind of more standard-looking comic book work, like you see here where it still has an illustrative quality, but... Yeah. And then mixing later on with, like, um, either throwbacks or, like, we need to be in another mind frame here. Like, this is a throwback. This is a, 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 a you know, memory kind of panel. Ah, okay. Where it's definitely more illustrative. Yeah. Um, if you like fantasy. You're going to like this. If you like Lord of the Rings and body horror, then you're going to like this because that's how it's pitched. Okay. That's the pitch. It's like Lord of the Rings with body horror. Uh, it is a, I find it to be a fascinating book, but I know it's not for everybody, so I'm really not going to go into it, because literally this just throws you into it, where it's just like, hey, here are some names, here's some lore of a place you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Like, <laughs> is that kind of thing? And I'm like, I'm down. Okay. I'm down, I'm down for it completely, um, but I also recognize that this may not be for everybody. Sure. Uh, but the fact is that it, it is a black label book that doesn't have Batman in it is yet another reason why I like to support this type sure, of thing. Sure, yeah. Um, and you get cool images like this. That is cool. Yeah, it's actually creepy. It's like this like plant 
creaturey monster god thing that like skewers people and then can talk through them but it's like uh, absorbing them and like they're going to the void and like they... the alien from uh, independence day who grabs brett spiner's neck yes except they actually like puncture sure yeah them, um and like fill them with vines and That's then like cool. and then like as it's happening like they don't want it to happen but then it, like they get to a point where they're just like no it's cool the void is beautiful and i want to go to it and it's like no you don't no you don't no you don't you don't that's fair um last god but again if you're looking for a fantasy book um that is again mature has that kind of die feel to it with less modern influences because die definitely has modern influences on it and it's very cool and i love it very much yeah um if you just want fantasy i'd, I'd look here Cool. What else you got? Uh, what else do I got? Uh, real quick, I'm going to mention that I read this book simply on its name yes, and, and promise of week. vampires. Uh, Philadelphia, written by uh, Rodney Barnes with art by Jason Sean Alexander, is a story of a um, family uh, of essentially cops. Like it was, The dad's like a detective in Philadelphia. Um, the son is a uh, cop in Baltimore living in the shadow of his father. His father was a really bad dad. Like, he, okay. you know, kind of beat on his son a little bit. He wasn't mm. really there for him, that kind of thing. His dad dies in the line of duty, and he has oh. to go up and he has to bury him. Right. And he's basically just like, cool, maybe now I can just live my own life, my, have my own career without you. Yeah. Um, and then he has this moment where he's like, you know what? Like, I'm, maybe I should solve his last case, really oh, stick God. it to him. Yeah. Like, really stick it to him. Mm-hmm. So um, he finds his dad's journal, because his dad never, like, opened up or talked to anybody. And um, he discovers that his dad was, like, working this case where, like, much people had died and like seemingly there was something more going on with it and like the coroner uh mentioned that like yellow fever might be involved with it because like they have this body that's like covered in bite marks oh um but like human bite marks and when i say like human bite marks i mean like you know like dental impression Mm -hmm. sort of bite marks where it's like that's like that's like an uncomfortable amount of bite marks (laughs) um yes (laughs) that is not an acceptable amount they should have called this book (laughs) comfortable amount of bite marks that'll be my vampire novel yes um but that like not only is it does it seem to be that there are yellow fever strains within the body but the body's also exsanguinated Uh and like there's no blood at the scene of the crime right and so like oh like maybe they moved it oh it required too much precision there wasn't enough time that kind of thing right and like all the bodies have this yellow fever and isn't that freaking weird or I guess whatever. because they're old because the vampires are old and they help like they're well, inoculated well then they drop some other uh science on us um oh by the way there's a moment where the the cop like the dad and the coroner uh have like have a like oh crap something else is going on here where like late at night all of a sudden the like mortuary like the door where they're storing all the bodies uh. like there's all this banging going on mm. yeah yeah so she calls the cop down and he's like I'm going to open the door. She's like, but why? why? Why would you do that? But the sun's coming up. And so when they open the door, um. everybody's back where they should have been. And he's like, cool, cool. Um, so he ends up looking up. He finds some additional information about like the Sons of the Republic. They're like this gang running around. He learns more about it, that they were from the 50s. And like they had a whole bunch of big ideas and stuff like that. And they like believed in the philosophy of John Adams. Okay. We're bringing John Adams into this. Okay. Uh, he was cool. Yeah, right? He was cool. Like I, I think he went to... Uh, France or something? He went someplace. Yeah, um, France. And he came back with what was believed to be yellow fever. Oh, great. And so, like, now, like, it's like, is John Adams a vampire? Yeah, is that the idea here? I don't know. He goes to the gravesite. There's, like, a crack in one of the graves, like, mm-hmm. in his tomb. Oh. Because it's up in Massachusetts. Um, basically, he's just, he's listening to hear if he hears oh, anything. No. Anyway, inevitably, the dad dies um, because he gets tricked into... Um, 
going into a room where the, like, there's a whole bunch of vampires, right? Like, they the vampires figure out that he's onto them, and so right. they kill him. Okay. Uh, the son then is like on the trail of what's going on after reading this journal. He's like, my dad was crazy, but I'm going to, I'm going to solve this case. I'm going to prove to everybody that like, I'm as good a cop, if not a better cop than my dad was. And then I can go on with my life. Cool. Sure. He goes back to the scene of the crime where he finds naturally, like he looks up and he sees that like, oh, like there vampires are, there are, are legit vampires here <laughs> and like everything's real bad. Right. Um, so he makes a run for it and then, um, he decides to go and, uh, to his dad's grave and he's just like, all right, wait a minute. What if he got bit? And yeah. so when he opens up the, the coffin, his dad's in there. And he's just like, what took you so long? <laughs> and I'm like, all right. That's cool. I'm in. It's a, it's a hard-boiled kind of cop story. And there's vampires and family stuff. You know me and family stuff, guys. I'm mm-hmm. all about that. Um, so if, if you like vampires, I guess this is for you. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know who was asking for this. But I dig it. Fair enough. I dig it. That's cool. Um... I also read Basketful of Heads, number two. It continues to be an excellent book. Good. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the Joe Hill, um, uh, one of the Hill House comics. It's the one that Joe is writing. Yeah. Um, with art by Leo Max. The art's fantastic. It fits so well. It's so creepy. Um, we get to see the axe in full swing. Cool. <laughs> this, oh. is, this is my joke, everybody. Yeah. Um, these are the jokes, folks. These are, And there they are. Um, and here he is. Um <laughs> Yeah. Pausing for cats. Um, no, um, Basketball of Heads um, has been this, like, 1980s um, comic where, like, folk were trapped on an island. And it's, like, an homage book. It, it is an homage book, but then also, um, so it's, like, not only is there this axe that's talking to people, and there are these, like, criminals who are loose, who, by the way, beat the hell out of that girl's oh, no. boyfriend, the, the, like, deputy cop. Yeah. Um... But um, one of them stays behind because they think that she's still around. They get her. They're, like, going to hurt her. She grabs the axe. She chops the guy's head off. Cool. And the head's still alive and still talking to her. Oh, no. So she picks up a basket that's nearby and puts the head in there. Uh-huh. And so, like, I think she's going to be... The wielder of the, the basket. The wielder of the, the axe and the basket. Um, and, like, that's really cool. But we also get um, the, like, not only are things bad as it was, right? Because the fact that they... Um, there's like, you know, these individuals out there, but there's a storm a, a coming, oh, everybody. No, and a like, perfect storm. It's a, it, it is a perfect storm of things that are happening where we see this fantastic like set of panels where we watch like the ocean like coming in. Yeah, and so take it's the bridge. it's like nature's also fighting us in this. It's a man versus nature kind of thing, um, and we see that a road is washed out. What's that book by Stephen King? Oh, um, oh, the one where they're stuck in like the with the, the snowstorm and Legion. It's not the perfect storm. Mm-mm. It's Storm of the Century. Yes, it is. Um, so it's Storm of the Century as well. It is kind of like that. But God like, don't it. forget his dad. You know what I mean? I love this. Yeah, I know. Like this two-way <laughs> thing. And then the entire island's out of, of power. Um, so like, Hills are really setting up all of like the tropes in a sense, but mm-hmm. in a really fun way. Cool. Um, I really like this book. This was the book that I was reading it and all of a sudden like, I was like, ah, I hate when this happens. Where like, I count all the pages or I check the page count and it's a totally normal length book. But I, I just ran through it because yeah. like, the pacing was so good. Yep. But I was like, ah, I want more. A great Bendis book is like that. Uh, sometimes Bendis also just like short changes you pages. <laughs> yeah, that has happened. I, but checked I feel like them. that too. I checked that. That's awesome. Uh, where that's I was great. just like, damn it, like that's that's the end of it. There's no more. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, in the super chats, Philip Croy says, uh, "Hats a good look, Sam. Thank you very much. Right? I employ this hat on uh, on occasion when we do the shows. I think it's on our uh, God Loves Man Kills episode of Back. There you issues. go. I don't remember, but I wear it sometimes." Mm-hmm. Um, the perfect storm of the century. 
That's not what it is. So, uh, do I have any more books? I think you do, but like, I think your book's way more exciting. Than, okay, yeah, than, yeah, I'll talk about than that. Than my later. book. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I read a, ton, a twenty ninety nine book. I know. That's oh, I can't believe I forgot about this one. Guess which one I read, everybody? Oh, they don't have to. It's right there on the screen. I read Conan the Conan. Barbarian twenty ninety nine by uh, Jerry Duggan with art by Roger Antonio. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, this is actually like almost a one and done. Oh no. Do they say it's going to be continued? I d- it says, like, the end, question mark. Okay. So, yeah, no, then it, it may be the last one, if it unless it sells one. Exactly. Um, this, so what's the deal with Conan 2099? So what is the deal with Conan 2099? Everybody's wondering it. Uh, I Nobody's wondering. I, I, I wondered because I was like, how could this be possible? Um, we start off literally with a book I'd rather be reading. I Not to say I didn't enjoy this. No, but first, this is dope. At first I wasn't enjoying it so much, but by the end I really dug it. I want... I want this book. Yeah. I want, you know, freaking... Yeah, Triumph and Torment, Torment 2. But, but with Conan. Yeah. Like, where is this book and how can I get to it? Right. Um, this tells how, like, when Conan came to the modern age, like, he still was dealing with wizards and warlords. How is this possible? And it's like, literally, I love that. It's like, wizard, warlord, Conan. Right. Secondary wizard who's also a warlord. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's awesome. It's just, it's a spectacular panel uh, full of promise, but it doesn't matter because we're in the 2099 universe mm-hmm. in which Conan is a king. Okay. It's, <gasps> it's King Conan in 2099. He's, he took control of, of an area. Oh. But those, like, his, some of his, his, his subjects are against him. Yeah. And they're going to try to kill him, and they're like, no, hail King Tlaloc. Tlaloc. Yeah. Which, by the way, it really doesn't ring, so you can't be king, all no. right? If it's not, no. If your people can't say your own name. Uh, Conan, of course, knows that this is going down, comes on in, and says, like, nay, I, I think not. <laughs> and uh, while he's slaying those around him, first of all, he shakes loose someone's, like, laser sword. Yeah. I hate using that word. Me too. But what is that? That's a laser sword. That's, That's a, a sword, sword made of laser. Exactly. Um, but um, he then suddenly turns to no one and says, like, shut up. I'm not speaking to you. <laughs> and I'm like, who is he talking to? I'm like, are we doing like a Red Sonia here? We are not. We find out that like, what what's going on? Conan, is Conan crazy? Like, what happened? It's like, hey, hang on. Here's what happened. Um, years before when Conan was ruling, like he took over and people came to his coronation and offered him gifts. And much like in Sleeping Beauty, someone amongst them was not there to give a gift. Mm-hmm. Instead... Uh, they put him to sleep. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> they offer him something, and they're like, "Here for a good king." And Conan immediately is like, "Is like, nah, I know who you are. Like, you're Morgan Le Fay. Oh, and Doom's looking for you. And he and I <laughs> have a deal, have an agreement." Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's cool." Yeah, Conan and Doom have an agreement. It's like Doom was like, "Okay, I'll probably be able to take Conan in at one point," but I, he doesn't stop either. So maybe I'll just let this. He's very happy with what he has. Yeah. Conan's happy with And doesn't want more. No, no, it's it's fine. So, like, he's like, you gotta get out of here. Get mm-hmm. out of my kingdom. Get out. I don't want you here. And, like, she's old. She's 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 uh, past her prime. Sure. By the way, Morgan Le Fay getting a lot of play lately. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Conan tries to drive her out. Instead, she opens up this little box she brought him. And, like, demon skeletons come flying out. Okay. And he's like, I know how to deal with demons. It's, it's fine. I got this. And she he goes to kill her. And she's like, you can't kill me. That's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And he does. And he does. He just kills her. <laughs> he just kills her. But she curses him. Oh no! And that's like a, an ongoing thing with Conan. Yeah, Conan it's cursed. gets cursed. Um, she curses him. That says that like, hey, you will live until the sun burns the earth under your feet, and I'm gonna live in your mind. Oh. So she's gonna try to take him over from the inside out, and then like use his body basically. Sure. 
Um, so like she's with him constantly. So everyone started thinking Conan was crazy. Yeah. And so like Conan's lands used to be lush, and then it, it didn't. No, things did not work Aww. out in 2099. And uh, so then finally he's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta fix this. I gotta, <laughs> I, this has got to stop. Mm-hmm. So inevitably, like he leaves his kingdom behind. He's just like, I can't. This is not for me. Like right. I can't, I can't help you people anymore. This place is is dead. So, yeah. like, I would do what I'm going to do and go wander and find a better life for yourself. Mm-hmm. So says Conan, goodbye. And Conan, like, leaves them there, and they're like, uh, okay. <laughs> right. Presumably Doom's going to step in. So Conan wanders, and, like, he wanders over these desert plains with, like, skulls and bones everywhere, and, and inevitably he sees a comet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh! And, like, they talk about chance and fortune and such. And so then he goes to um, check out what is in the comic, or in the comet that has landed, or what looks like as a comet. Um, Conan's like shocked. He's like, I once knew a woman oh. that was like you, and it's one of the Nova Corps. Oh. And I know, I thought it was going to be like... Um, like. I thought it was going to be Mjolnir. Oh. Oh, like Thor. Yeah. Actually, originally, I thought it was going to be Angela. Oh, that's cool. And then, yeah. Like, okay, I was like, oh, it's, it's Angela. A, it's a Nova. It's a All Nova. Right. And so, like, the Nova asks him to return his helm to the Nova Corps because that is information vital to help an impeding, uh, an impending annihilation that's oh, coming. Oh, no. So, annihilation 2099. Right? So Conan's like... No, I'm going to put it on. Well, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Conan, like, takes his sword and uh, fights the wolves that come for him. Cool. Because there's, like, blood in the air now. Sure. And so, like, Conan fights some badass wolves. Because it's Conan! And even though we're 2099, it's supposed to be cyberpunk, I still buy it. Yeah. I still buy it. He's got, like robot fingers around his neck mm-hmm. i'm fine with this <laughs> freaking whatever so yeah conan picks up the helmet and he takes it and he puts it on and so we have like nova conan for a little bit but he's just yep. really wearing it and he's like he's doing something he's working on something he's like traveling he has like a, a place where he's gonna go you see him um take a bit of dirt with him mm-hmm. you know, those are like stark armor fingers oh, they kind of do they kind of i assume one of them's at least a doom bot yeah i bet mm-hmm. at the very least um, Conan goes to a citadel. He like runs into some like people who are like desperate. Sure. And um, uh, oh, I think they're on the west coast at this point. That's oh, where they are. okay. And so like uh, Morgan mentioned something about the West Coast Avengers. That last time she saw them was at their executions oh, no. here. And I'm like, ah oh, man, this world sucks. Yeah. Um, inevitably, he, what he's looking for is the Nova Tower. Okay. Um, but she, he doesn't want to let Morgan Le, like Lefay know that. Yeah. So he like finds his way into there. And, um, like, Morgan's like, no, go back. Go back to your lands. Like, I'm supposed to, like, I'm, I'm going to wear you down. I'm going to take over. Mm-hmm. Conan's wandering. He has not been seen by many at all. So, like, he's certainly not on anybody's, like, good list, essentially. Right. Um, the public eye finds him, tries to take him down. It's Conan. He makes a break for it. He ends up, f- like, climbing on spaceships and, and, like, you know, transports and other such things. Gets into the Citadel, finds that it's been ransacked. Ah. Um, but that's cool. Like, he climbs his way up a uh, elevator shaft and ends up in a room that has not been ransacked and is still working. The helmet allows him to go in. It IDs him as a Nova. Right. And so then they're like, hey, this planet's been quarantined. Would you like some exfiltration? (laughs) And like Conan's like, huh? And it opens up a a room where there's a dead Nova inside. Okay. And like Conan's like, all right, right on. Like, cool. Like, and Morgan's like, oh, you came here just for this and he's dead. Ha 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 ha. And he's like, yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I got this. The um the room is like, hey, would you like to leave? Right. Would you like to evacuate? He's like, I would. <laughs> yeah. My helmet's damaged. Would you fix it? He's like, yeah, put it on the on the pedestal. 
So it, it repairs him. He pulls the, the skeleton out, but like, he does it gently. Mm-hmm. I was like, King Conan has a little soft spot for the, for the Nova Corps. That's nice. Yeah. Um, it tells him to strap in. He's like, no, I'm cool. <laughs> he like sits in the top of the building, takes off. And like Conan's like, I'm leaving. And she's like, that's not, that wasn't part of the plan. You're not supposed know. to do that. And then Conan goes into his pouch and pulls out the dirt that he grabbed. Yeah. And he starts scattering it amongst his feet. And he tells the ship to go towards the sun. He's like, I'm going to burn us because <laughs> you're not living in my head anymore. I mm-hmm. will die here. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I'll, it, it's cool. I don't, I don't mind. That's awesome. And she's like, no, that's not how this is supposed to go down. The ship won't take him there, by the way. No. And they're like, that will kill you. And he's like, I'm infected. They're like, quarantine protocol inactivated. <laughs> we'll go to the sun. And, like, Conan is, like, I like King Conan because King Conan is less brash, obviously, than Conan. And, like, King Conan, in any timeline, apparently, has learned from his many adventures. And I love this, like, very knowing glance at him where he's just, like, like, yeah, no, like, you thought you had me, but no one makes a slave of Conan. (laughs) No one. And I'm, like, that's really badass. He puts on the helmet and then, like, she basically burns out of his head because that's that was that was literally it. The 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 earth at his feet is burning. Yeah. And so therefore she is gone. <laughs> the ship like completely like disintegrates. He he mentions Krom one last time, a name he's not said in many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he's just like, well, that's fine. Like Krom may be sitting on his mountain, the mountain god that he is. But when if he wants to look upon Conan now, he'll have to look up. <laughs> and I was like, that's freaking Duggan, man. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, Conan, he's, wearing the he's wearing the helmet, so he's protected. And so now Conan's in space, and we see that Conan will begin his wandering yet again. But in the stars. And that's, that's a story for another time. Ugh, and I was cool. like, this is badass. <laughs> Literally not anything I would have imagined. I can't believe they got away with doing but this. But that book was just incredible. Like, yeah. I, I don't care if it's, like, not really related to 2099 at all. No, I don't I care it. if, like... This has no bearing on where 29 will go if we ever see this again. This was just a really cool story that Duggan wanted to tell that yeah. took Conan and was able to tell something that didn't end up in like standard King Conan. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I love that. I loved this book way more than I could have ever anticipated. So <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I love that. Uh, recommended. A hundred percent. Like, if you're going to read one twenty nine nine book, I would make it that one. That's honestly. fair. Honestly, it was just so, like, excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're good as far as uh, Super Chats go. I think so, too. So, uh, jumping into the last book of the night, we're going to talk about Tales of the Dark Multiverse Infinite Crisis from James Tynan IV with art by Aaron Lepresti. Uh, this is justice for Blue Beetle. That's all I can say. Um, Infinite, the Dark Multiverse Infinite Crisis is literally just James Tynan IV fixing Infinite Crisis until he doesn't. Um, obviously, because this is a dark what-if book, um, it's never going to have a happy ending, but it almost does for a little while, and it's kind of fun. That's nice. The idea here being that um, uh, we set up things where uh, Maxwell Lord, of course, has uh, Ted Cord right where he wants him. He's like, listen, you could join me, or I'll kill you. And in the original continuity, of course, Ted Cord says no. Uh, Maxwell Lord kills him. Uh, in this one, of course, the switcheroo is Ted Cord says yes, and then he kills Maxwell Lord. <laughs> and he takes over. Um and instead, uh, because Ted is smart and a tech guy, he communicates with Brother Eye and finds out that Brother Eye is sentient. And so he has, like, respect for Brother Eye. And so he and Brother Eye work together to kind of, like, fix all the problems of the DC Universe. 
And so, ultimately, like, Ted is kind of, like, corrupted by the power of Brother Eye. He kind of fails that, like, test from Ex Machina, where he, like, you know, it's, it's not like... Oh. They, they, a lesser writer would have made Ted and Brother Eye, like, lovers or something, but instead, because it's Tynan, it's just... Ted Cord respects and admires Brother Eye and wants to, like... And believes in Brother Eye's attempt at working, you know, for a brighter future. Mm-hmm. Um... So Cord basically just kind of like fixes all the problems. He he uncovers all the mysteries and secrets of Infinite Crisis and what will behold of mm-hmm. it. Uh, and so he solves w- one problem after another, much to the chagrin and annoyance of Batman and the Justice League. Of course, because <laughs> Batman was like, "Brother, I was my creation. He was supposed to figure this out. You know, he's supposed to solve all his problems, but now he's working against me." Right. And it turns out that Cord is using Brother I to solve not just domestic problems but also spacefaring problems. Uh, Brother Eye creates, you know, like a kind of protection around the Earth itself. And uh, and so Checkmate kind of like not only solves all of Earth's problems, but also solves the galactic issues as well. And it's like, that's kind of fun. Right. That's a neat idea. Uh, Batman, of course, has a problem with this because he's not in charge and controlling everything because <laughs> it's Infinite Crisis Batman. Uh, and Cord is like, no. Like, all right, Batman, the jig is up. Um, wow. Like, basically... I can ruin your life by telling everyone who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't get in my way. Oh. And Batman's like, mm. So then Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman team up in that sequence which where Wonder Woman was supposed to have killed Maxwell Lord, but didn't. Okay. Uh, so instead, uh, you know, they're having a different conversation, this one being about Blue Beetle and his whole control of everything. Of course, Blue Beetle discovers Alexander Luther and Superman Prime and Superboy Prime. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so he basically uncovers Luther's manipulation of Superboy Prime and then manipulates him into working for Cord. So then Superboy Prime kills Alexander Luther and then enacts the plan that kind of like was the infinite crisis plot but with the manipulation of cord and brother eye right so cord's like the justice league is going to be the problem because he asks um what's it called uh he asks uh brother eye what the real like threat of reality is mm-hmm. and brother eye's like the justice league and cord's like no <laughs> the justice league is good like they're trying man and they're like nope they're never going to believe you. They're never going to listen to you. They're never going to trust you. Right, and right. They're, and they're pointless battles. Basically, them being a superhero comic book is going to be the problem. Mm-hmm. And so Cord is like, I, I can't argue with that logic. Uh, so then Cord uses Brother Eye to basically enact a kind of like dark future's end kind of thing. Uh-huh. Where uh, he meets up with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in their kind of like the scene where they were going to all kind of like fight each other and argue with each other about like what to do about Maxwell Lord. Mm-hmm. Instead, um, B- Beetle takes on the, like the Trinity while Superboy Prime takes on like the Titans. Uh, Prime goes nuts because he's an asshole and he kills like most of them. Um, <laughs> Cord merges with Brother Eye because he's not powerful enough to take on Superman by himself. Sure, that's really creepy looking. Yeah, and so he becomes a kind of cyborg. Of his own, a brother eye cyborg. Mm-hmm. A brother cyborg. Ah, <laughs> there you go. And uh, <laughs> he, like, he, like, touches all of them, and they're like, we're not going to listen to you. And he's like, that's fine. I'm just going to, like, I, I just use nanobites to, or nanobots to take over. And so they take over the Trinity. And, and, and basically, Cord ends up 
um, assimilating the whole world. Um, there's a subplot with Booster Gold, how Booster Gold is like back from the dead and un unhappy with what Beetle's doing, and um, he's like the last known survivor of the of the Earth. And he's like, I gotta stop you. And uh, Brother Eye acts without Cord's uh, permission and kills Booster Gold. Oh. You're like, oh, and there's the tragedy of the end of Blue and Gold, where um, Brother Eye assassinates Booster Gold, and now alone on a planet full of like mindless drones perpetrated by Brother Eye, Brother Eye is like, let me take over fully and let me can't handle it all. And, Bo and Blue Beetle's like, I can't argue with you. Yeah, that sounds good. It's very, like, it's almost like Little Shop of Horrors. Um, but it's really, like, it's dark, but it's earned, and it's ridiculous. And basically, the, the, the universe is safe, thanks to Ted Kord, but at what cost? At the cost of all of Earth's heroes. Right, that's like every AI's, like... Yeah. You know, wet dream. Yeah, or, like you know, oh, like I, I have to protect you from hurting or from being hurt, but like you might hurt yourself, so I better kill you. Yep. So it, it's it 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 plays with the premise in a very very fun way, while also not mm -hmm. completely f frustratingly disrespecting continuity. Right. So right. like it 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 it's fun. It's okay. a, it's a fun, silly indulgence of. Like your your baser darker instincts. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I would recommend it because it's also an homage to Infinite Crisis. So you're like, hey, look at that! I remember that. That's, That's fun. That's cool. So I play with that a little bit. So enjoy that book because it's 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 fun. And of course, Tempest, whatever the hell, is like, well, I'm still going to have to build my. And I'm, I'm, my guess is that when the next crisis happens, Tempest Fugonaut will assemble a Justice League made of all the heroes that emerge from the dark multiverse. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be like, you know, uh, Lois Lane, Superwoman, and Ted Kord, Brother Eye, Superman. That Super seems like guy. a big mistake. I know, but like, they'll, well, they'll hand wavy explain that like, it's not going to be really that big of a deal. <laughs> uh, but I, that's my expectation of this, of this silly experiment. Okay. Um, also, they really, there's a weird like art decision in this book, which I, I don't know if I want to get into too much, but I okay. will say like, the weight fluctuations of Uatu in the original continuity, Uatu used to look, look like a big, fat, bald guy, like an old man. Uh -huh. And then they were like, no, what if he was a big baby? And, the, you know, so Uatu's fluctuated, and th their, their weird, just, like, drawing of Tempest Fugonaut is the same way. Where, like, right. sometimes he has, like, a big chin and a big, and no neck, and sometimes he's, like, a buff guy. And yeah, I'm honestly, like, are you playing with, like, the design of Fugonaut the same way you played with, like, with the way they played with the design of Uatu? Well, it's funny because like when we like you first pulled this up, I was like, "Who the hell who is the, that? Who's that guy?" Yeah, that's and then I was like, "Oh wait, that's that's, that's him." That's stupid guy, but it's not like because it's not doesn't look like him at all. It's very different. Yeah, and I think that's like it. It's my way of like no prizing the explanation of why it looks totally different. <laughs> but uh, whatever, <laughs> it's silly and fun. Okay, let's check it out. Um, I anyway, guess, like your, I guess I, I don't guess, know. You know. It's just. The, the thing is, the issue is fun. The frustrating part is reading this book or any of the Tales from the Dark Multiverse and and then remembering, like, a third of the way through, like, oh, yeah, that's right. It has to have a bad ending. Well, yeah. Because it's the Depressoverse. Right. It's the Depressoverse. <laughs> oh, my God. I think we should start calling the Dark Multiverse the Depressoverse from now on. Well, I, we didn't even coin it. No, that's a Grant Morrison thing. Exactly. Love it. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's recommend some books that are coming out this week we think you should pick up. Yeah, you should do that first. Yeah. Before uh, there's a new Spider-Man coming out. If you like Spider-Man and you like 2099, it's still playing with that. 
I don't know how many times I'm going to be able to recommend Amazing Spider-Man anymore, but like, you know, because really? it's all the same crap and it, nothing is blowing my mind except for like Patrick Leeson doing art and maybe Patrick Leeson should start like co-writing this shit so that it actually ends up being satisfying. Okay. Because it's kind of not anymore. It's just, it's just, it's just not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, it's the, it's, it's that, it's that Nick Spencer curse of, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, that's a halfway execution. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's frustrating. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. That's what, that's how <laughs> 2099 Alpha was. Um, I, there's Annihilation tie-ins. I'm not going to bother with that. Daredevil is out. It's great. Daredevil number 14 from Zadarsky. Keep reading that. Uh, Marauders number three looks kind of fun, I guess. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, and that, sh- oh, in X-Men number three. I was like, X-Men number three, what are you doing? And X-Men number three is coming out. Yeah. Um, there's also another book that I think you might and, recommend. And there's dinosaurs on the cover. I know. Well, at least on one of the covers. Maybe, well, they're going to the Savage Land. Okay. <sighs> so, what do you, what do you got? I know you have a few. Oh, uh, Conan, uh, Serpent War number one. Yeah, what is this? I, I believe this is a Jim Zub comic, mm-hmm. but I'm honestly not 100% on that, thanks right. to uh, the Stellar website that I'm on. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I say that is because I thought that's what he mentioned to me when we were chatting about it. Yeah. Um, that, like, he was working on something with the Serpent War. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know for sure. <laughs> that's fair. But look, here's the thing. I'm still on the Conan train all the way. Right. So like, and 2099 weirdly really like, I was like reinvigorated yet again where I'm like, woohoo! Yeah. Yes! Like, Please, that's amazing. More Conan. You've somehow made it work in the future, so that that's fine. Yeah. Like, I'm cool. Um, but he'll be joining forces with Moon Knight. I know. What? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, that fun. works. Because Moon Knight, you know, you know, worships, uh, worships Khonshu. Yeah. And uh, Conan hates Krom. Right. So, you know, maybe he could, you know, chat with Moon Knight about, like, it's okay to not, you know. Really, like, like your god. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. But I'm also going to recommend uh, Die Number 10. Yep. It's coming out. Uh, literally love this book. You know, D&D, fantasy world. So looks looks awesome. Yeah. That's pretty much what I got. Um, also, Old Man Quill is ending. Oh, is it? I'm so far <laughs> oh, behind. Oh, yeah, you're only on issue three. But like, on that book. But Old Man Quill is ending, so maybe it's time to go so check it out. So pick up the trade. Like, yeah. now's the time for me to grab the trade. Um, I, maybe I'll check out Ghost Rider 2099. Just, I think you should. Just because. Yeah. Just because Conan was so good, let's let me you know be hurt by how not stellar that one is. Mm-hmm. Maybe and I don't know. Maybe it's gonna be great. We talked about it a little bit, so I guess I'll recommend it. But it's Green Lantern Black Stars number two comes out, so I guess I'll recommend that book because of the the shade being ca- cast by Greg yes. Morrison. Yes. Yes. Also, if you're sticking around for the Dreaming, Dreaming number sixteen will be coming out next week. If you've been on that, um, for me, my Spurrier preferred book right now. That's fair. Is Constantine or Hellblazer? Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for Doomsday Clock, don't because it's it's supposed to be in on the 18th. Uh, so we'll see what happens. What year that meet? What, what year they meant? Yeah, that that's that's whenever. Yeah. Who knows? Not me. But uh, is that, wanna... that's the last one, right? That's the last one. Yeah. So hey, if it if it comes out, that means that they did finish it this year. Yeah, they did. Wow, they would have. Yeah. <gasps> I, I think they are going to get it out. At you least. think? I think just to save face, they will put it out before 2020. Wow. I was just kind of like expecting it to. I expect, expecting them to screw it up. Yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah. I and mean, then there's still time. 
They've got, they've got a chance. They've got time. Yeah. But uh, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us, of course. I wanted to give a, a special thank out, uh, thank you to Mr. Sunday Movies for including me in his magnum yes. opus video. If you haven't already watched it, go over to Mr. Sunday Movies and check out his retrospective and analysis of Shadows of the Empire as a cultural impact. It's yes. a really, really fun video. Mm-hmm. And there's also my do- my dopey voice in there. But it's, it's like it's a really, really like thoughtful, intelligent, and in-depth discussion of it as a phenomenon i'd love mm-hmm. to see him make more of those and it's a really really fun video so if you like mr sunday you're gonna love this if you and if you're from mr sunday hopefully you're enjoying your experience watching this channel yeah uh, thank you very much for joining us and Absolutely. we'll see you guys next time when a special thank you to our sponsor for today's show you out there who did use the super chats we want to thank you so much for that yeah thanks you guys are so thoughtful and so generous That's thank so, you for that yes and thanks for um being cool with a uh, different location this yeah, is not normally, yeah if it's the first time you're catching the show it's not normally shot here this is where i shoot um video game yeah this is play- your video game playthrough show area. so if you ever want to watch that which is why it's so heavily themed to that I apologize it's very distracting background those of you who did notice my god of war statue thank you it's a NECA figure there is no boy with it no it's just his axe that's fine his axe girlfriend and he comes with a <laughs> and he comes with a big shield yeah which falls down constantly but it's awesome it does <laughs> but uh, yeah we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us we'll see you guys next time with an all new episode of Off the Rack I'm Sam and I'm Tiffany so long everybody bye guys bye guys